I want to read something here about David's mighty men. Have you heard about David's mighty men? Amen. They, they were called the 30 by some, and uh, they're really about 37. Uh, and, um, but these guys were, were the ones that came, came to the cave of Adullam, and they, they were distressed, they were broke, they were discontented. They came and allowed David to become captain over them, and they became, I mean, there was a lot more than these four. There was actually 400 that came to him. But these, these mighty men rose up amongst him. And I, I want to read just a little snippet about his mighty men. Uh, it's, it's, if you want to uh, research it out later, you can read it in 2 Samuel 23 and in 1 Chronicles chapter 11. Is a list, it lists a group of people known as the mighty men of David or David's mighty men. They are also referred to as the 30 chiefs and simply the 30. These mighty men of David were a group of David's toughest military warriors who were credited with her, her, heroic feats, including uh, the names they give them, Josheb Bas Hebeth, who killed 800 men in, in one battle with the spear. Now, it, just think about that. 800 people, one against 800. You know, Samson killed 1,000 with the jawbone of a donkey. But you know, with the jawbone of a donkey, you're swinging. You, a spear is more of a jabbing instrument. And, uh, man, I want to see that video when I get to heaven. <laughs> One against 800. Mighty men. Additional notable actions listed uh, included the deeds of a man named Eleazar who stayed on the battlefield when other warriors fled and killed Philistines until his hand was stuck, clenched to a sword. They had to pry his hands off. He was so engaged. And the exploits of Abishai, Abishai, the leader of the mighty men who killed 300 men with his spear. Benaniah was known for going into a pit on a snowy day and killing a lion. You ever wonder why? Oh man, it's been snowing. There's a, there's a lion down there. Let's, let me navigate the snow down into the pit and kill it. But he did. For killing a uh, and killing a lion, and for killing a powerful Egyptian man with the man's own spear. So it was him, no weapon against the man with the spear, and he disarmed the man. He also served as the leader of David's bodyguards. Within this list of mighty men are three men who served as special elite group. Uh, I'm not going to. Shama is one of them, Eleazar, and then that guy with a really long name. Uh, their exact roles are not made clear, but they were certainly seen as standouts among David's men. So David had this army, and he had these 30, uh, which listed actually is about 37, as people who did heroic feats. They went about in many wars, but here's the point that I, I want to make. They didn't lose. It didn't matter what they came against. It didn't matter the odds. They, they, they learned to tap into the power of God, and they didn't lose until, until one day. And go, to, go if you will, to uh, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30. Amen. All right, we've got three people on board. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Yes. Amen. You know, if you're expecting something, you'll receive something. Yes. So I want you to keep these, these 30, actually David's army, in your mind. 
because they didn't lose. You know, in a faith church like this, we expect everything to work. We, we walk in faith. We, we believe God for, for supernatural things. And, but you know, sometimes it doesn't work out the way we think. Sometimes we hit what's called the rough patch, and sometimes the rough patches are actually very hard. And in 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1, uh, it says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziklag and had smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. Let me translate that. The enemy came in and took and burned all of David's stuff and all of his men's stuff. They didn't kill anybody, but they took the wives, they took the children, they took everybody, and they took off, and they just they, they came back to ruin. You know, sometimes things happen that kind of messes you up. I saw a, a picture on the Internet the other day, and a guy was driving home apparently from some uh, store, and he had like a five-gallon uh, thing of paint that was uh, tipped over and broke. And it was like all in the back. He had a little hatchback type thing. It was like all in the back. And he's like, I, I was thinking about that. That'd make me want to walk away from my car. <laughs> Report it stolen or something. No, I, I wouldn't do that. But can you imagine looking at, let's say it wasn't the whole five gallons and it was two gallons or three gallons in the back of your car? Wouldn't that make you sick? I mean, I, I, I know I'd just stand there and look at it like, Tammy. You've cleaned things before. I don't know what to do. You know, I remember one time something happened in the house. And uh, it was like a spill or something. I can't remember what it was. You know, I'm pretty good at handling pretty much anything. But this thing happened. I stood there and I'm like, I actually didn't know what to do. And she's like, get paper towels. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> but they came back. Everything they owned was gone. Their families were gone. Everything that looked at verse 3 says, So David and his men came to the city and beheld it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Uh, In this life, in this life, you're going to hit times where it doesn't look like it's working. But there's, it's like this song, which was such a great, I I didn't talk to the worship team, but what what a great sign. The name of Jesus. His name is power. His name is healing. There's an answer for everything. In fact, this thing was so bad. In verse 4, it says, And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Man, they started bawling like babies. All these mighty men, all these people that had it together, all these people that, that knew what to do, that they could handle any enemy that would come along, they now hit it. They laid over and cried. There's things that will happen in our life that will make the toughest of people just bend over and cry. But David did it right. He cried until he could cry no more. Then he got up and took himself to God and looked. Will you show me what to do? If I go after him, will you deliver him? Is this the battle I lose at or or are you still with me? And God says, you go and I will be with you. And this is the thing that's very hard, because if you've ever been in this situation, a lot of people lose their oomph. Their get up and go. Because, it, I, I, I mean, I'm serious, man. This paint in the back of the car, this thing really messed with me. I'm like, how do you even get it? 
you know, yeah, scrape it out, but now it's on the bumper and it's painted the bumper. Now, I, I know there's people that work on cars. They probably think, buff it out and da, 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 we'll get it cleaned up. You change the carpet. We, uh, we can buy that for 15 bucks at Pep Boys or wherever you buy stuff like that. At. And uh, yeah, that, that, that's an easy fix. Not me. I'm like, have a guy out here that uh, came out here to the, uh, the parking lot this morning and uh, was, um, he comes around here and so I knew him. He came to the office, he had my truck died. He says, can you jump it? And he says, I got jumper cables. It's kind of like, no, but I can pull my car over there. And then I pulled it over there and it's like, I'm just going to sit in here because I don't want to break a sweat. And so he opened up the hood, jumped his car. And I'm not a car guy. I'm not a mechanic. Don't ask me to fix your car or to help you on doing it. There's things I do know. There's things I don't know. But, but what happens when you hit that place that you don't know what to do? David understood, I serve a God that has a way out of everything. And this is actually, the, the message today is the reality of God's love. The word reality means actual being or existence of anything. Truth, fact, in distinction uh, from mere appearance. You know, I believe that God's love is an appearance to many people. It's a concept they understand, yes, God is love, God loves people. But the, the, the reality of God's love. Now, if you stop and you think for a moment, God, is there anything that God cannot do? Is there anything too big for God? Is there anything too hard that he can't figure out? The reality of his love to us, a God that has a, an ability to handle anything that would ever come along in our life, the reality, he loves me. And you can put your, you, you be me in that statement. He loves you. And then all of a sudden these, these thoughts come up in our mind of, well, yeah, I did this and I failed him here. Or I, 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 I shouldn't have been there and I shouldn't have done this. The reality of God's love, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. In fact, turn over there. For God so loved the world, uh, John chapter 3. For God so loved the world. Now, it wasn't that man, God was sitting up there and he was like, oh, man, I am so in love with all that dirt. I'm so in love with all those trees. I'm so in love. No, God loved all of humanity contained within it. His creation. And the greatest of his creation was, was people, was you and me. God so loved you and me. God loves you. Say that. God loves me. Now say it like you mean it. God loves me. No, like, like, like you actually mean it. God loves me. Don't, don't think about failures. Don't think about sins. Say it again. God loves me. God loves me. The God, the creator, who there's nothing too big for, he loves you. When David and his men got down there, he, God knew that they were going to come in. But he loved them so much, he, he protected the women and children from getting killed. He said they killed, killed not a one of them. His hand was still there, even though it didn't look like it was a good thing. But as you study out David, he goes before the Lord and asks, if, if I go, if I go, will you, will you, his men's wanting to kill him, will you be with me? Yes. And in that confidence, he went back to his men. And then they went, and not only did they get everything back, but they got the spoils. And the spoils were, this army had been going around getting spoils from all the other nations. So they had spoils. And then David came in, got his stuff back, and he got the spoils of them, plus all the spoils that they got from the other places they had conquered. Amen. See, if we can see 
from the reality of God's love that he will always restore more than what is lost. He will always heal more than the pain of whatever sickness, disease, or, or emotional hurt from somebody else. He will always deliver more than, than maybe what any addiction or anything that we've ever got ourselves caught, in, caught up in, that God loves me that much, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What did he give his only begotten son to do? To take on all the sins that we did so that we can walk in him. Say, God loves me. Now, they cried because of loss, but they moved forward. So I want to talk about three truths, and I'm not going to spend very much time on them, but three truths, I'm going to word this correctly, of the reality of God's love. Now, God's love will work whether you have a reality of it or not, but when you have a, a reality of God's love, it will do something inside of you. It will cause you to function differently. Because God loves you. And so uh, uh, the number one we're going to look at is found in 1 John 4.18. So go over there. Amen. 1 John 4.18. Six great words. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. There's many people that struggle with this element of fear in their lives. But they don't make the connection as the reason they have fear is because they don't understand or have a revelation of the reality of God's love. There is. Now, John, John also says God is love. It's not that God possesses love. The actual makeup of God is love. God cannot do anything outside of love. God is love. And within that love of God, there is no fear in God. So coming back to the, the, three, the, the three truths of the reality of God's love is number one, there'll be no fear in your life. See, David hit his hardest uh, episode in life that went against him, his hard, hardest negative episode. But as he turned to God, there was no fear to go forward. If you go with me, because he knew the love of God, if you go with me, I know it will turn out all right. There is no fear in love. Now, I know that a lot of people struggle with fear. Let me finish reading this. There is no fear in love, but for perfect love casteth out fear. Do you understand there's a dynamic that goes on here? That as I get a revelation of his love, fear is already cast out. A lot of people, and there's, a, there's a, an environment for this for us to understand that we can, <clears throat> we can get rid of fear in our life because the, the antidote for, for fear, if you will, is knowledge. Knowledge removes fear. And uh, as soon as we know how to do something, there is no fear of that anymore. So we, the more knowledge we get, but the reality of love, love casts out fear. There's a difference. Love has the power to cast out fear. Yet many people who confess that they're Christians still battle with fear. And, and, and we have to get down to the reality of who we are because if we're struggling with fear or there's fear in our life, then, <clears throat> then we don't have a reality. We might have a head knowledge. We might be able to <coughs> excuse me, quote the scripture on that God loves us. We might be able to do something like that. But when there's a reality of the love of God, you know that there is nothing that you can fail at in Christ. 
No, quiet. That was like an amen point. The reality, it casteth out fear. Now, now let's look at something else. Cast out, because fear hath torment. How many has learned that this is true? Fear has torment. It will mess with you. It will keep you awake at night. It will cause you to wonder this, wonder that. But when you get rid of fear, you get rid of torment. You can be at peace. This is how Peter slept. He's going to be killed the next day. He slept in the inner part of the prison uh, with two guards on his side. And uh, they're, they're going to you know, cut his head off or whatever the next day. But he's sleeping at peace. Why? There was no fear. You and I have the ability with God because he loves us so much. Say, God loves me. He loves us so much that he wants us to walk in his power and glory. That's why he sent his son to die for our sins, to get us out of the, the destruction of this world. And he says that, that it, with this love, it will cast out fear. And if you cast out fear, you also cast out torment. Because there's no torment in love. Love is all juicy and you know, mm, oh, I just so love, I just feel so loved by everybody I'm around. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes up and barks at you. It's like, whoa, where'd that love go? <laughs> See, somebody can mess it up. But, but if you understand, if somebody, you know, you know, Peter, he's a big guy. He comes at you and starts getting in your business. No, God loves me and God's bigger than Peter. See, most people lose the love of God when they're facing something coming against them. Money problems, family problems, health problems. Why can't I get God to do this? No, he's already done it. and He loves you enough for you to walk in it. There, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We, 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 we have to become mature in God's love. You know, have you ever had a, uh, when I say relationship, I don't mean like husband and wife. I just mean you know somebody, you're friends for a long time or something. You had a relationship with somebody and they, um, they like stabbed you in the back and, and you ain't feeling too much love right then. You, you understand this story? Have we all done that to God? He doesn't have the same reaction as us. See, we stop feeling, well, we start feeling something else for him. Like, I'll give you something to think about. God doesn't do that because he is love. God loves us. And in that love, we've got to become, we have to become perfect or mature or develop in that love that no matter what we're facing, it's not a matter of, of getting God on the scene. He loves us so much he will be on the scene. He's there. Now, he's, he's bound by his word. He's bound by this, the spiritual laws of how his spirit, how his love works. It's not based on our emotions or how we feel about the subject. He's going to operate. But if we can get a confidence in his love, a revelation of his love, uh, and, and the reality of it, it will cast out fear. Now, let's go to point number two. Uh, well, let me, let me just, I got a little bullet point. Fear equals torment. Love casts out fear. And to fear is a, is a revelation of our spiritual maturity 
or our understanding of the, rev the reality of the love of God. Now let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Now you have some Old Testament things, won't go into like the, the mark of the covenant of, um, uh, you know, in the Old Testament of circumcision, the circumcision of the heart uh, in the New Testament, and whether you're this has been applied to you or not been applied to you. There's elements, but he says that doesn't avail anything. That, that's not the key factor. The key factor is faith, which works by love. See, now, now stop and, and look at the progression that I'm trying to make here is with fear, there is torment. Okay, fear and faith are the exact same thing. They just go in opposite directions. One's a negative faith and one's a positive faith. So, so with that negative faith, I don't have a reality that God loves me. He will, he will take care of this. He will, with all things, he will make a, a way of escape. When I have that reality, now that love will cast out fear. Now there's an open door for my faith to work. Because there's nothing hindering. My, my positive faith, my godly faith, my spiritual faith, it now has the open door to work. Because I've gotten rid of fear. A lot of people are struggling. Well, I'm trying to believe. Well, I'm doing everything I can to believe. But they still have fear present. And the fear is a reality. I, I, I'm really not that confident that he loves me. I know he loves me. But I'm not, I don't have a reality of the love. Because if you really love somebody, think, think in your mind right now of somebody you really love. I mean, like, really love. Uh, I mean, like, really love. You know, because, like, if you really love them, you put them first over you. Okay, so take somebody, you know, people say, well, don't mess my family. I, you know, they're my family. I love them. And then they go do stupid things with their family. You know, say stupid things. I'm not talking about that kind of love. I'm talking about the kind of love. Do you, do you have the love for somebody that if, if a, a pit bull was running after them, you'd step in between them and the pit bull and you'd take the brunt of it so they didn't take it? Do you have somebody that, that if... If something was really going to happen, that you would put yourself in harm's way and you would let it happen to you because you don't want them to experience the bad thing. There's no greater love than a man laid down his life for his brother. So think in that terms. God loves you more than that. That he will. It's not a matter of getting God to do something, getting God to act. He loves you. He wants to. Now, he's bound by spiritual laws that we have to have faith and we have to have these things. And, and, and fear is a detriment to, to walking in this, uh, this faith. But God loves us so much that he says, if, if you will get this understanding of love, it will cast fear out of your life. And faith will work by this love. How does faith work by the love? Well, it works by the fact that I understand he loves me so much that when I believe in him, he will do what he said he would do. Then we say, well, I hope so. That was a fear statement. See, well, I've got to know. See, my faith will work at the optimum level if I know and if I have this reality of love. Say, Jesus loves me. No, like, say it like you mean it. Jesus loves me. Like if you were in a pickle, he'd get the pickles out of the way. Like if you were in danger, he's there. Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me. 
Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me so much that no matter what I'm facing, he's there with me to make a way. If I've got to keep fear at bay, I've got to keep it out of the realm of my thought, the realm of my life, the realm of what I'm going through. I've got to keep it in this place that, no, he loves me. Now, I'm not saying life is easy and you'll never have problems. People will disappoint you. People will do things to you. This world will do things to you. The cause make, make life hard. But like David, when he came and it actually brought them to tears to where they could cry no more, God's love was still standing. God's love was still standing. So faith works by love. Let's look at number three, Hebrews chapter 11. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. Perfect love, the reality of his love. Perfect love will cast out fear. My faith will work by love. It will open the door to let my faith work at its optimum level because I know it has to work for me. Faith works 100% of the time if we work faith correctly. You cannot correctly work faith and fear. And, and in any situation, any situation, God has a way of escape, no matter what you're facing. Here in Hebrews 11, verse 33, it says, Who through faith, now, now wait a minute, who through faith, you got to stop, stop, don't just read this, who through faith, well, they had faith. No, 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 no. Faith is a reality of the love of God. So if who through faith and what we're getting to getting ready to read, the things that they faced did not bring fear in their life. But everything we're going to read has the propensity or the power to bring fear in our life. Yeah. How am I going to make it? How am I going to get through this? How am I going to pay for this? How am I going to do this? No, 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 no. God loves me. He's going to make a way with all things. He makes a way of escape. How, thank you, Lord, for your love for me. And I'm not going to fear about anything. I'm not going to allow this fear to work in my life. It will work out. It will come about. You will you will put your hand on because you put your hand on me. And it says, who through faith, verse 33, Subdued kingdoms. Why are we just letting them steal our state? Who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. I've told my story many times about that line. We're at the zoo in Boston. Tammy's cousin worked there, so she got us in the back. Lions are the real deal. They're massive when you get close, because I got close to this lion. It was like in a little cage, like a square cage, just kind of sitting in the middle of the floor. Had a rail on it, so like if you leaned against the rail, you, you could probably barely touch the, um, the, you know, the, the cage, and this, this male lion sat there. The guy was huge. But he was old, and he had no teeth. So I was feeling pretty confident. <laughs> well, he's in a cage. He's old. He's got no teeth. And as I walked, I was thinking of David killing the lion. I was thinking about this scripture. I was thinking about the guy that went down into the snowy pit. Well, for the God, they did that. Surely I could walk up and stare down a lion that's in a cage that has no teeth. And so I'm feeling pretty good, you know, about that. So that guy did not move. 
his eyes, those things got huge eyes. And their paws, oh my goodness. Now, you, when you're watching on National Geographic, you can tell they're big. When you're standing 10 feet away from them, they are huge. But I'm a man of faith. I looked that guy in the eye. And I started walking up slowly to that cage. And I got probably about two feet from that railing. And that guy went, <laughs> and man, I jumped back about 10 feet. <laughs> You know, it's one thing to talk a good talk. It's another thing to get fear out of your life. We, we, we've got, they, they, they shut the mouths of lions. See, when you're standing there looking at a lion with no teeth, they, they shut the mouths of lions who had teeth through faith. But what was it? They got rid of Philip. That was an impactful moment in my life. <clears throat> and you've heard me talk. I do everything I can to get, if I see any element of fear in my life, man, I deal with it to get it out of my life. I want zero fear in my life. I want zero fear in my life. I even, they say there's two natural fears uh, that comes, the fear of falling and the fear of uh, loud noises. I even, by, uh, by virtue, uh, try to work on myself. Every once in a while, I, it catches me off guard, but uh, loud noises, I don't jump. I work on myself not to jump. I want no fear. Even the, the just the natural reaction, I want no remnants of fear. Why? He loves me. He loves me. I've got to build this reality inside of me that he loves me and that, that through this love my faith can work, that I can't fear anything that comes against me. There is nothing bigger than God. There is nothing God can't handle, but I've got to get fear out of my life. He loves me. And then verse 34, it says, they quenched the violence of fire. Oh, we know that story with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They, they went into the fiery furnace, but it, they didn't even get the smell of smoke on them. It didn't touch them. And then uh, escaped the edge of the sword. That means somebody was swinging a sword at them. Out of weakness were made strong. Do you know how many people focus on their weakness? Well, I just can't do that. I'm just not good. I'm just not strong enough. I just The Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. Quit looking at things that are contrary to Christ. Waxed valiant in fight. Turned to, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. They ran people off. Once the door is open to faith, you and I become unstoppable. David, in his worst defeat, turned to God and he won. Let's all stand. I want to challenge you this morning. Is there anything that you're dealing with? Is there anything that it's created fear in you? That you think this is too big? I want you to release your faith with me. I'm going to do something a little bit different than I normally do. I'm going to pray, I think, three different prayers. And if it's you, I'm just going to have you raise your hand. We're going to pray. Is anybody battling anything in their body that it seems like God's not working? Like maybe you hit a road? I want you to agree with me. Remember that song, His Name is Powerful. His Name is Healing. Yes. Heavenly Father, you see the hands that have been raised. Lord, that represents something in the body that, that we're battling against. 
Lord, these things are real. These things can bring us to our knees. These things can, can create within us, God, a fear. They have the power, but God, we, we, we're getting a reality today of your love. God, reveal yourself that you love. And Lord, I speak to the element right now and I declare healing. I declare, God, that we walk in victory over this in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Lord, we call on your name that by your stripes we are healed. God, we, we, we put our confidence in you that, no, it's not that I got to get you to do something. Your love has already done it. By the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. So, Lord, we put it in, man, we speak that name, Jesus. We speak that name, Jesus. Jesus, move in our bodies. Move in our bodies. In the name of Jesus, and let healing manifest. In the name of Jesus. Is anybody facing a financial thing? Uh, it doesn't matter what the financial thing is. It's just a financial thing that you feel like you're over your head. Just raise your hand real quick. Okay. We've got a few less, but we've got a few of them here. Okay. On this financial thing. God is our provider. He's our sufficiency. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. Lord, and we speak that name again. Jesus. Lord, as you demonstrated, Lord, when taxes came due, you told Peter to go fish and the money for the taxes would be there. Lord, there's several occasions, God, where you manifested and multiplied. When, when there was no food or when there, the 5,000 plus the women and children, you multiplied fish and bread to feed and, and even have left over. God, I speak into every single situation. Lord, whether it's a blockage of money coming in, or whether it's unexpected bills of things going out that's bringing the, the, the budget out of line, that's causing hardship uh, in these days of inflation. God, I speak your name over this again. Jesus, the provider. Jesus, the supplier. Jesus, God, that you would move in each and every situation, God, and that you would turn the tide. Lord, I pray, God, that you would, if it's a, a battle, something needs to happen. God, I pray that you would move in it. Let the thing fall apart. Lord, let it become nothing. Lord, if the situation is something that a person's facing, Lord, that it looks like this is going to be too big, God, we declare, God, it will come to nothing. Lord, if it's a cash flow problem, God, we pray, Lord Jesus, for increased funds. Let them come supernaturally from places unknown. God, you've done it before. You can do it again, Lord Jesus. Bring opportunities to prosper. And Lord, if there's an un unexpected expenses, God, and things that are just uh, like, like how they're coming back in right now, very high utility bills and, and things that are, are just unexpected, God, we pray, Lord, that you would make a difference and, Lord, that you would move in this, God, that this pressure would be, would be removed. Lord, our confidence in your love for us gives us the ability to know that you will make a way. So, Lord, we declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. The last one I want to pray over, if you have any, if there's anything going on in your family, that could be your nuclear family or your extended family, that you need God to move in this thing. Things are, are, are just like kids going stupid or parents going stupid or you're going stupid. And, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, but if there's something in your family, you need God to move in it. Agree with me right now, Heavenly Father, we come, we speak the name of Jesus. Lord, as you calmed the storms, Lord, as you calmed the wind and the waves and you said, peace, be still. The little biblical translation, Greek, Greek translation of that, there's not really English words, but it's like you went, shh, and things just calmed. Yes. 
God, I pray over families. Lord, in these things that, that they look like they're out of whack. I say, shh. We bind Satan from his operation. God, and we speak your peace over it. God, we speak your peace over it. Lord, you love us. You love families. You're a God of family. This whole thing's about a family that you want. So, God, we speak peace, God. Those that have been blinded, not, not a natural blindness, but they can't see what they're doing. They can't see. Lord, I pray, God, that you would open the eyes of their understanding to see the road of destruction they're on, to see the pain they're causing other people. God, change and let, it, let, let somebody come to them, Lord, that they will listen to, Lord Jesus. God, that the ways would be turned, that peace would come between families, households, nuclear families, husband, wife, parents and kids, kids and parents. God, the nuclear family. God, I pray your peace, God, would be established in that. And Lord, for the extended family, God, that there would be peace and unity to function. Your word says that in these last days, children would rise against parents and parents against children. Lord, that family members would be against each other. But God, we say not our families. God, we, we declare our families are protected by the word of God. And the enemy cannot get in to destroy, Lord Jesus, but peace, peace, peace. Lord, if there's wayward family members, somebody that we haven't talked to in years, God, I pray that you would open the door for reconciliation. Peace, 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 Lord Jesus, in the family. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for this. God, we know you love us. We know you love us with a love that cannot be turned around. We know you love us. God, let us get a reality of this love. Let us get a reality of this love. Is there anybody here that needs to give their life to the Lord? You've never made a decision to, to accept Jesus as your personal Savior. That You need to make it right with Jesus. Just raise your hand right now. Is there anybody like that here today? Because I tell you what, in the day and age that we live in, we want to make sure we're right with Jesus. People are dying of all kinds of weird things. Different things are happening. We want to make sure we're right with Jesus all the time. Anybody? Amen. If there's anything that you need prayer for that we didn't deal with, the elders are up here and they'd be more than happy to pray with you, counsel you, encourage you uh, in any way that they can. But I tell you what, you've got to just, just walk around this week and say this. Jesus loves me. As you're just driving down the street, just say, Jesus loves me. And meditate on that word. Start building a capacity of knowledge that Jesus loves you. And, and if those stupid thoughts come in, well, he knows I did this. and he, Jesus loves me. Casting down every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The knowledge of God is Jesus loves me. And I encourage you, I encourage you, I encourage you. Make sure you walk right with Jesus because the days are short. And we need to be right with him. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time together. I pray, Lord, that the, the words ministered, God, would, would build in our spirit, in our soul, Lord Jesus, that we would dwell and bring them to our remembrance, Lord Jesus. And let us gain a reality, Lord, of your love for us. And Lord, for how, how much you love us, God, and what you will do for us, what you've already done for us, and how much you want us to get closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.